Welcome to Day 58 of Shaped by the Word, Season 3, The Story of the Prophets. Uh, we've been reading, you know, through uh, prophets that are prophesying, you know, at the onset of, you know, God's judgment, uh, you know, over the land of uh, both Israel and Judah. And, of course, the kingdom has been divided in two, and sometimes they're allies and sometimes they're enemies, uh, but uh, neither one of them have had a heart for God. There's a few bright moments in Judah uh, not many bright moments at all uh, in the nation in the nation of Israel, and so Isaiah is prophesying, you know, on, during the onset of God's judgment on these nations through the powers of greater nations, you know, that are coming against them, and uh, Israel and Judah have depended on everything but their God. They've depended on siege works. They've depended on alliances. They've depended on the nations. And the overriding theme of this is why look to the nations for the help when all of these nations uh, will come to nothing? Uh, some of them in a very short period. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we read about Moab within three years as a servant counts every day of his indentured uh, service. Uh, and so we uh, continue to uh, go through this section that's in the middle of a larger section uh, where God announces the end and the destruction of all the surrounding you know nations and including the ones who brought about you know the destructions of the other nations it's kind of interesting this starts in chapter 13 and goes through chapter 24 it begins in chapter 12 with a song of praise and it ends in chapter 25 uh, you know with a word of praise and then a song of praise as well and the praise is for the sovereignty of God who brings about his will and his purposes through the chaos you know, of everything that is going on around us. So we turn to a prophecy against Damascus, Isaiah chapter 17. Uh, before we read, Cindy, would you mind uh, lifting us up, offering ourselves and offering this moment to the Lord mm -hmm. as, as we seek Him through His Word? Mm -hmm. Sure. Father, thank you for this time in Your Word. And just like Paul said, we do want to offer ourselves to You, asking that You would just open our hearts to what you have for us today, what you have for us to hear, Father. Uh, and may it be more than just a hearing of your word. May it soak deep into our hearts and uh, bring about um, transformation. You are a good God, and Father, you have good things to show us and to tell us about ourselves. And uh, we thank you for your incredible love that desires so much for us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 17, a prophecy against Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city, but will become a heap of ruins. The city of Aor will be deserted and left to flocks, which will lie down with no one to make them afraid. The fortified city will disappear from Ephraim and the royal power from Damascus. The remnant of Aram will be like the glory of the Israelites, declares the Lord Almighty. In that day, the glory of Jacob will fade. The fat of his body will waste away. It will be as when reapers harvest the standing grain, gathering the grain in their arms, as when someone gleans heads of grains in the valley of Raphael. Yet some gleanings will still remain, as when an olive tree is beaten, leaving two or three olives on the topmost branches, four or five on the fruitful boughs, declares the Lord, the God of Israel. Then that day people will look to their Maker and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will not look to the altars, the work of their hands, they will have no regard for the Asherah poles and the incense altars their fingers have made. In that day their strong cities, which they left because of the Israelites, will be like places abandoned to thickets and undergrowth, and all will be desolation. 
You have forgotten God, your Savior. You have not remembered the rock, your fortress. Therefore, though you set out the finest plants and plant imported vineyards and imported vines, though on the day you set them out, you make them grow, and on the morning when you plant them, you bring them bud, yet the harvest will be as nothing in the day of disease and incurable pain. Woe to the many nations that rage. They rage like the raging sea. Woe to the people who roar. They roar like the roaring of great waters. Although the people roar like the roaring of surging waters, when he rebukes them, they flee far away, driven before the wind like chaff on the hills, like tumble weed before a gale. In the evening, sudden terror before the morning, they are gone. This is a portion of those who loot us, the lot of those who plunder us. When you hear the you know, the raging of the nations, of course, you come, uh, you're reminded of Psalm 2. Why do the nations raise and lift their hand against the Lord's anointed one? And uh, he's talking about what we've talked about, you know, yesterday, the, the large boast and the, mm-hmm. you know, confident pledges and the threats of war and the threats of power and the threats of conquering and all, all these, you know, boast and bragging and everything that they've done that has come to absolutely nothing on the day the Lord con- you confronts them. All their boldness uh, walks away and they flee, you know, into nothingness. Y- you've noticed uh, that, uh, uh, you know, Isaiah slips in Ephraim there with Damascus. Uh, Damascus was, you know, the capital of Syria. Ephraim is, you know, the, the uh, northern tribes, uh, you know, of Israel. And uh, they were often allied against, you know, the southern tribes or against Judah and against Jerusalem. Uh, so he's lumped the two together uh, since they have been allied against his people, against his capital, and against, you know, everything that he stands for. Mm-hmm. And the Asherapals are, you know, they, they belong to... Believe it or not, the nation of uh, Israel, who mm. sets them up in every high place and never under every spreading tree, according to the prophets. Yeah. You know, it strikes me. Verse four says, "In that day, the glory of Jacob will fade." But how? Just how quickly? I mean, those things that we boast in. We talked about this yesterday. But the things mm-hmm. that we boast in, the things that we glory in, you know, the things that we would claim are our glory. How quickly those things fade, and how temporary they really are, and. I think we most of us know this on a, uh, I mean, a, a, just a daily level that those things that often we hold on to, you know, how quickly we lose those things or we get a new shirt and we boast in that shirt and then we find a hole in it the next day. The next day. My goodness. Yeah. You're really hard yeah, on your shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. You know, one of my favorite uh, you know, passages in the Old mm-hmm. Testament you know, is when Paul says, uh, uh, outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed yeah. day by day. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, every time I work out, I'm reminded of times when it was easier, when I could do more, do it faster. Uh, you know, so that whenever you know Isaiah says, you know, that the glory of man is like a flower that is here today and is gone tomorrow. The flower withers and the mm-hmm. grass fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That's exactly what you know he's bringing home, you know, in these passages. And, and it sounds hopeful in verse 3, you know, and it says, you know, the fortified city will disappear from Ephraim and the royal power from Damascus. The remnant of Aram will be like the glory of the Israelites. And what he's talking about is a glory that's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about the fullness of their harvest being, you know, only two or three olives at the top of the tree. Or, you know, it looks like, you know, that, you know when you're, you're supposed to be harvesting the grain, it looks like somebody's already swept through and has already harvested it. And it's only at that point, you know, where you, mm-hmm. it says in verse 7, in that day the people will mm-hmm. look to their maker. 
And how unfortunate for us that we we have to mm-hmm. find ourselves in a time of calamity before our hearts earnestly turn to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in times of prosperity, we we often forget Him. And of course, that was you know uh, God's warning in Deuteronomy: when you come into this land and you find houses you did not build and vineyards you did not plant, do not forget the Lord your God. And, and of course, that is what Israel had done, and uh, so they were judged yeah. along with Damascus. Mm-hmm. In, in this, and along with Syria, yeah. I'm sorry. And along with verse seven, uh, you know, just to note the thing that competes with our affections, the affections of our heart, um, are the things that we make. You know, which is here again. It's it was the altars that their hands had made, and um, also the poles and the incense altars that their fingers had made, and were so quick to. Um, turn and forsake our first love to the things that we make you know in our case you know that's a reflection of materialism Mm -hmm. or just you know the the possessions that we love and that even our identity is tied up sometimes in the things we have or you know the salaries we make or the accomplishments we have it's it's even a greater indictment you know for uh you know for these nations because Rather than worshiping the God who made them, they are worshiping gods whom they have made. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the irony is, is is deep and rich and shouldn't be you know, shouldn't be lost on us. That mm-hmm. Even though we uh, we don't bow down and worship, our hearts are possessed by you know many times the things around us you know that are precious to us. Mm-hmm. And as you know Keller says, uh, we make good things ultimate things, and mm-hmm. when we do, uh, we're guilty of the very same thing. Yeah. And that's the the great contrast in this passage is, you know, in that day the glory of Jacob will fade. They have looked to their their idols and to those things as their glory, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's temporary will fade. But then in verse seven, in that day the people will look to their maker and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel, one who is who will never fade, who will never change, whose glory remains forever. You know, and, and just seeing those contrasts, the people delighted in in their idolatry, and and, and it was their idolatry that led them to this place, and and, and yet. There's a return, you know, where, where this repentance occurs and the people turn back to the Lord. And I even love, I mean, we, we've we've been reading through the prophets and they keep talking about, you know, Israel's sin, Israel's sin, Israel abandoning the Lord and, and Israel in exile. And yet the Lord has not forsaken the covenant with, he's made with Israel and he continues to be identified as the Holy One of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just a reminder to us, I mean, what in the New Testament, you know, when we remain faithless, he remains faithful, you know, and, and he continues to identify himself as the God of Israel, the Holy One of Israel, um, who ultimately will bring about, you know, the salvation we long for. Yeah, and you can see this, you know, you can see this hope even in the middle of judgment to you, you see him coming back uh, and calling, you know, not only Israel to himself, but the nations to himself as well. And we read yesterday how Isaiah. Even you know, in a proud ma- nation like Moab, uh, weeping tears uh, over their destruction, and of course, when Isaiah weeps, he is you know, reflecting you know the very you know the very heart of God and all that. And then you have you know in verse you know ten, you've forgotten your you know God, your Savior. You've not remembered the rock, your fortress. Therefore, though you have the finest of plants and plant you know imported vines, though in the day you set them out, you make them grow. In the morning, when you plant them, you bring them to bud. The harvest will be as nothing, and uh, not only have they put their hope in their, you know, in their, in their wealth and in their agriculture and in the mm-hmm. prosperity they have, but they they fail to realize that even those things are blessings from God. And when He, 
removes this blessing. There, there is no yield, uh, you know, to that. Uh, you know, to even the choices of vines and even the best intentions fall to nothing, apart from you know the blessing, the shalom, the peace that comes, you know, from the presence, you know, from the presence of God. Father, we thank you for who you are. Uh, we thank you that uh, you know we we can enjoy the choices of vines and the richest you know for foods and, and father we we ask your forgiveness sometimes these things become bigger you know than even you are the one who gives them and the one who has brought us peace and the one who gives us uh, you know, presence and prosperity uh, may it not take a calamity in our life to uh, look to you may we look to you uh, in good times and bad times in times of prosperity in times of leanness may we say with paul uh, we've learned the secret of being content in you in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether you know, naked or cold, uh, through the power of Christ dwelling in us, which gives us strength. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.